Hello and welcome to a special edition of the QPR podcast, Open All Eyes. It's me, Paul Finney. I'm joined by Dominic Ball and we're going to talk his book, QPR and a few other things. And um, first of all, thanks, Dom, for uh, coming along and saying um, hello to us and um, talking to QPR fans after you've left. Not a lot of people do that, so we do appreciate it. No, so it's a pleasure to be on and thank you for having me. It's um, it's still good to have that relationship with, with QPR and the fans as I think I really enjoyed, really enjoyed my three years there. It's a weird one because everyone says that, and I don't know how true it is because obviously you're not coming to come to the podcast and go, by the way, you lot give me so much crap, I hate you. But it's amazing with QPR, people do tend to make a connection with the club and the fans. It's, it's a very, we're very lucky. That I hope that we're a decent club to play for. Did you find that at your time at QPR that the fans are pretty decent? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I think what, what was so good, obviously, at the stadium was that it is very enclosed and, you know, you can actually feel there's not many places, you know, sometimes when you're playing uh, and the stadium's so big or it's open, you can't really feel feel that. But especially at, uh, uh, at QPR, I thought that, you know, you could feel that. And even like after a game, winning a game, celebrating in the corner, that was uh, that was some of my most enjoyable moments. So, Well, I used to dream of them moments as a child. But sadly for me, I was shite with both feet and I couldn't head and I wore glasses. Never going to say, I was never going to be Stan Balls or Rodney Mosh or anyone like that there, sadly. Now, first of all, we'll talk about your book because I'm fascinated by this because, you know, you get football autobiographies and they're all kind of like, I did this, I did that, I gambled, I drank, I did this, I did that, and this manager was bad, this manager was bad. This. But you've gone down a different route. What made you think of going down the route that you chose for the book? Well, basically, what you did, a lot of the reason was, firstly, I, ha- I always had spare time. I'm quite intense. I like to do stuff in my spare time. Um, and five, six years ago, I had a tough, uh, I had a tough loan at Peterborough, and I just thought, you know what, this isn't it. This isn't all it's made out to be. <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm really struggling here, and I just thought, you know what, I- I'm going to start writing. And you can imagine over five, six years of writing this book, how it evolved. Uh, how it, you know, I think in lockdown, it really took a different, I thought it would be more powerful to involve the journey that my friends went on, because one of the pushes for, you know, one of the the drives for writing the book was actually the journeys that my friends have gone on. And that sort of made me angry um, of how they struggled and how things were dealt with. And um, although I'm very grateful that I've, I've ended up having a career and hopefully I will continue to have a career, it just made me think, you know, we, that was all we cared about. All we cared mm. about was football. And and now some of them wouldn't even sit and watch football with me. And I was like, how has it got to a stage where yeah. you can't even watch it now? Um, and I'll never go away from that. I, I do, I do honestly, I do absolutely love football. I played my first game in, in um, well, for, for Ipswich Tuesday night. And there is nothing better. You know, when you stand yeah. up as fans, you, you win it. We won 6-0. It, I know it was, it was Papa John's. Um, so I'm still waiting to make my league debut, but there's just nothing better. That's you're waiting for that 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 game. You're waiting for the Saturday three o'clock every week, um, and yes, yeah, so some of my friends weren't weren't able to experience that. You know, in front of in front of thousands of fans, uh, I, I just wanted to put out a real life sort of 
not a memo sort of thing about just the journey that we went from because when we were 15 that was all we thought about that was all we knew all we knew is we will we'll either make it or we won't and it will be in a premiership team it will be a man united it will be at arsenal man city or whatever and that's and you realize now i'm i'm grateful for where i am now i'm in league one now but i'm proud of getting to here and yeah of course the dream never the dream never ends but you re- you do obviously realize you know your level and where you're at and um and, and you can still really enjoy it but was it when you started writing the book one of your friends tragedy well had it well well anyone who's read the book knows but was that before you read the book that he got ill or was it just during the writing of the book no so it was during the writing i uh once suspeno um when he got told that it was terminal uh we all started coming up me and my group of mates started coming up with ideas to raise money so mine was this would be brilliant spencer's already in this book i would love to i'd love to do this you know for him to raise money and that's where I started going down. So in lockdown, I started really pushing with the book. And I, I, I got an editor, Chris Green, um, involved who, who sort of brought it to life, you know, because I'm not an author, I'm not a writer. Um, and he made, it, he made it flow better. And it, it sort of just gave me that, that real motivation, that purpose to, to get it out. And I'm, I'm, really, I'm really proud of it. And, I, and Spenno was, uh, he, he was always pushing me, you know, saying like, when you're going to be finishing? When can I read it? When because he loved football, he's like, when can I read yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and and unfortunately, I, I I just I couldn't. It would have done him an injustice to get it out, not ready, sort of thing. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted it to be right, and unfortunately, um, there was a period, obviously, after Spenno passed away, that even looking at the book and you know even. Spenno's name and thinking about him was was too tough. So I sort of it was about five six months that I didn't even look at it, um, and then I went, you know what? Let's do this. Let's get this out. And he was always big for you know he, he helped raise money for for sarcoma uh, and cancer and cancer research. So that's sort of that's the route that I wanted to go down. I want to continue to 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 try and raise money for Sarcoma UK, which is the charity that um, is the cancer that Spencer had. I'll get shocked at it because you, you, I mean, I'm sure you're, you're sitting down, as you said, you, you, you're, you're having a bad loan. I'm doing this book. You, no one know that no one wants that to happen. No one would even dream of that horrible thing happening. But I guess in some ways, it, it's, it just shows you that these you guys started off in your football path and tragedy could strike at any time, anywhere. And it's just, it's, it's horrible for someone so young, mate. That's just, I mean, for you guys as well as me, it's, that must have been devastating to deal with as well. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. you, should, you don't expect that, no way. Yeah, it's 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 it, it still is quite raw. It was uh, I I said to my girlfriend, I had a, I had a dream about him last night. I've not had many. I had, uh, yeah. I had about three or four dreams about him, and it's just nice. It's just nice, you know, when he you, you, you sort of you know dreams feel really real. Um, and I had one last night of him, which was which was nice. It was nice, but yeah, it's still um, it's it, it, it is hard. It is. Hard. I don't think we're at the stage yet where we're really able just to, to sort of talk about him and laugh about him. I still think it's quite raw. Um, but hopefully, I, I, you know, I always go by what he said to me. It's just he was always the one pushing me, saying, stop worrying, stop worrying. You're playing football. Like, enjoy yourself. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. Because like, he, he loved it. He just, he didn't care. He, he loved it. He played, I think, so he, his, last, uh, his last team was Hemel. <laughs> he just... That was Lee Burcham's team, wasn't it? 
Yes, I think he was there. Lee Burcham was there, yeah. But Speno was before that. Speno was, yeah. There, um, but yeah, it was it was his team? Yeah. I mean, it's mad, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm just listening. I'm sure. You, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't read the book yet because I'm still six behind, six years behind in my reading because the modern world, no one reads anymore, and I've become a middle-aged man that doesn't read as much as I should do. But I am going to grab it. But listen, to, to be even in the book and the fact that you used still his memory. But the trouble with grief is, and I lost mum literally two years ago, come Monday. People always don't like to talk about it. They, they come up to you and they say, oh, you know what? How are you? You're right. And they, they avoid it. But I always find it's good. I talk to my mum every day. It's like, she's still with me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, they haven't been forgotten. They're just not here to answer the phone whenever you get that moment where you think, I'm going to phone her and tell her about this. And you realise that they're no longer there. Yeah. And, that's, and, and that's the hardest thing about grief, I think. Is and, and people don't prepare you for that. They always say, it'll get better. You move on. And, you know, I know my friends, if I was talking about mum, they'd be looking at their watch going, Jesus, it's been six months. You think you'd give up now, but you don't, do you? It's, it's, it's horrible. And especially at a young age in football as well. I mean, especially during lockdown, it's, it's, everything was just against you, wasn't it? I mean, lockdown, your friends got ill, you're trying to write a book. QPR is kind of in that sort of process of still finding our feet and everything else. By the way, we haven't talked about the name of the book yet, which we should do. What is it called? From winning teams to broken dreams. Yeah, you see, that's that's good. That you know, it's brave as well, Don. Because I'll tell you a reason. No one talks about mental health in football, do they? It's kind of a thing, you know. And there's, I know that Channel Four does all these programs and the, the the about youth team players, but the way clubs recycle youngsters is actually getting worse. And I do worry about these kids because the clubs get them, they promise them the world. They promise some dreams, and then one day someone walks up, that's it, it's over. I mean, yeah. is there something clubs can do? Can the PFA step in? I mean, because it's got to affect these kids. Like you just said about your dreams of football, one can't even talk about it. That's just, yeah. that's insane. It's, uh, I think that clubs have realised there is a duty of care to the player, to, to, to players. And I do think that's, at the clubs that I've been at, uh, I think, you know, QPR, um, Spurs mainly, they did have that. But I, I'm still on the fence. I'm still on the fence with it because I'm under... I definitely think that something should be done. Um, but young players also... I, I speak about this in the book and I said that my time at Spurs, you know, John McDermott, Alex Inglethorpe, Kieran McKenna, these these top coaches, they really did challenge me mentally. And without that, without that, and at, at, at those times, it made, it was tough. For example, mm-hmm. being put out of position or not playing or being put up against someone very competitive. You, you know, you had to compete every day in training. And I'm so grateful for that now because, you know, when you're getting absolutely battered on Twitter or you've got 50,000 fans that are shouting abuse at you, I'm prepared for that. You know, that's I, after a win. Yeah, I can, uh, I can, I can use that criticism. It does. It fuels me. And I think a lot of player, younger players now, they don't. So this is the this is the one side where I say I think it has to be tough. I think it has to be tough to make it because you know players are footballers are rewarded very well um, once they make it. But I also think that the, the real issue is in the expectation, the expectation for for us six in the book. We, if we didn't become professional 
uh, Premiership players and played for England, it was like we failed. So up until I was 23, it was, it was only until I was in Aberdeen, having a tough time in Aberdeen, not playing. My, all I could think about was I'm going to Man United. So yeah. every move that I made was to get back to Man United. Yeah. When I wasn't playing, it was like, okay, I'm failing, I'm failing. Even when I didn't play well, I'm failing. Because I'm not, I'm not on track to get to Man United. And as soon as I took that pressure off myself, and I know everyone always says, you know, never quit or don't, don't give up on your dreams. But it was the best, the best thing I'd ever done. <laughs> I literally said, you know what? Let's forget about Man United. You're playing at Aberdeen. You're playing football. You're getting, you're getting paid. You, you, you go and kick a ball, around, uh, a ball around with the lads for two hours a day. I enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. And honestly, it was one of the, it was actually a phone call from my brother um, where it really sank in. And from there, I've, I've tried, uh, along with like Spencer was, Spencer and my older brother, the two that always just said, enjoy it. Like you're mm. so young, like you're playing football for a living. And I, I, I do honestly try to do that. It, you know, when I play, I try and play with a smile. Uh, I try and enjoy training um, because, you know, a lot, there is a lot of pressure on these young players. A lot of them, you know, the different circumstances feel like they're doing it for their family or uh, they, they need to get to somewhere. And I think sometimes taking that pressure off completely is, can help. Well, it's interesting you say that because personally, I think you've done okay. I mean, looking from the outside, looking in, I mean, I'm not going to jump in your head, but you know, you, you played for that other ranges in Scotland. Um, and they're, I know they're, 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 they're a smaller club than us, but that's huge. I mean, whatever you think about them, I mean, I'm from Belfast, yeah. not you'd guess. I don't support Rangers or Celtic. My Scottish team was Aberdeen. Not just saying it. I just couldn't go down that road of, I'm a QPR fan, but I, I could look at Aberdeen results and go, that's interesting. But I would never call myself a proper fan. But they're quite big. And then you've got Rotherham as much. You get you, a proper both scales of it and I'm sure the pressure on both and all them clubs are exactly the same because fans want to win don't they at the end of the day you've got to look fans in the face and if you don't do it on a Saturday but playing for Glasgow Rangers mental health wise that's got to be a toughie it's got to be up there it was the best year I had because we were in the championship at the time and we won every week mm. <laughs> the only tough times I had as you know when I first went there I didn't play for the first 10 games and I knocked on Mark Warburton's uh, door and I saw that name sounds familiar. Yeah. And I said, I said to him, why, like, I'm ready to play. I want to play. And uh, he basically, not, he didn't laugh at me. He sort of looked at me to say, Dom, we've just, we had actually won 10 out of 10, the first 10 games of the season. And I've mm. gone in there asking to play as a, as a young player alone. And I sort of realised when I said it, how like sort of wrong it sounded. So I, I sort of, he went, look, Dom, keep doing what you're doing. You'll get your opportunity. Yeah, we've won ten in ten. I can't, I can't change it right now. The boys are doing well, and I sort of went, "Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I'll just keep working hard." So I walked out. Um, that was the only tough time I had because after that, we, uh, I got playing. The fans took to me. I really enjoyed it. We won, we won two trophies. We beat Celtic, um, and it was just an amazing year. It was just an amazing year. Had I stayed though, the following year, it might have been really tough. You know, the pressure of going into yeah. the you know, having to win every week and not winning, it could have been a lot tougher. It's weird, like, because I remember that year they got put it, because I was out in the Euros watching Northern Ireland, obviously. And surprisingly, there's quite a few Glasgow Rangers fans supporting Northern Ireland. So I was talking to, me and my mate were talking to these two Glasgow Rangers fans, and we said, oh, what's your expectations? You're back in the uh, 
Premiership, you, what are you looking forward to? We want to win every title. We want to win the title, the Cups, everything. We want everything. Otherwise, it's, it's failure. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, that's impossible. Of course it is. And I'm thinking, but Celtic have had like four or five years up on you with European football, more money, they've got this, they've got that. And they were like, no, no, we're the biggest club in Scotland and we've got to win. So the expectations are massive. And then, of course, you come back down here, you, you join QPR. I mean, I did feel for you guys that joined QPR, we did, because you've missed the money boat. Do you know what I mean? When QPR was splashing money around and all these players and mercenaries were said, and then we, we then had to sort of like, ways about as they say and then go back to being a normal football club again thank god without all them sort of mercenaries and it was tough isn't it because you got Les was finding his fitness director of football you had a few different ideas and managers and did you enjoy the whole time at QPR or was it times when you got really frustrated I think every year every year uh, in my football career has been up and down for example mm-hmm. season uh, I got injured the, the week before I got injured the week before the season started, having had a good preseason, played 90 minutes, uh, you know, really like raring to go and I get injured a week before. So I've not, this is my first game uh, Tuesday night. So that's a down because I've, I've not been injured in a, in a long time. And I, I, no. I, to be honest, I didn't cope with it very well. I, just, I kept, oh, really? I just found it, I, I find injuries so tough. It feels like, you know, time stands still because you can't do anything. Um, but at QPI, it was the same. It was up and down. I would say a lot more ups. I love, you know, I really enjoyed it there. I played a lot of games. We won a lot of games. Um, and, you know, I think from when I went in there, from when, you know, Mark Warburton came in and that new squad came in, it was sort of, can we bring players in on less wages that can do what the boys were already doing and then build from there? So I came in, you know, with that batch. And, you know, with that sometimes... For me, there was a hunger. I wanted to earn a longer contract. I wanted to earn more money. Um, I wanted to enjoy my football. So I had, you know, you had a lot of young lads there that were, were hungry to, to succeed. Mm-hmm. And from that, you know, we finished 13th, then we finished uh, ninth um, until the end of the second half of last season. You know, we were, we were progressing uh, really well. Uh, last season was weird. I mean, you were in the middle of it, but to me on the outside, I don't know what the hell was going on. We, one minute we were we were like, do you know what? Do we do we even think about this? Do we even start looking at the fixtures and going? I'm not going to go and hold it in May. I might give it a miss. To oh, all right, I'll go and hold it and see what happens. You know, it, it was. And then the Swansea game was really bizarre because I thought you and Johan played brilliant. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it and people say, well, it was a nothing game, but every game means something. But I actually thought centre half. You'd have thought you played there all your life. I mean, I know you've filled in then again but I just I would have liked to see you stay another season just to see what you could do because I don't think you've got from a fan's point of view I know you say you played a lot of games but you didn't get the run of the team that I would like to see you get do you know what I mean I think I think last season I actually started the first 13 games well the majority of the games at the start of the season mm. we were top six doing well um, and then you know we lost to Peterborough in October October it was and I didn't yeah it was a I didn't feature again. So uh, I thought I'd actually, you know, I was sort of this age for me now, I feel like I'm coming into my peak, you know, 26, 27, 28. Yeah. Um, and I was feeling good. And, you know, there was obviously a lot uh, a lot of competition, um, which, you know, you understand as a, as a player. Um, 
like to play as little as I did, of course, was disappointing. It was disappointing. As you said, after starting 13, because I thought the way we ended the lockdown season, as I call it, you know, it was we were building something really nice. And then you're coming into the start of last season, and you're like, we were flying. I mean, I felt, apart from the usual flipping cup exits early days, that we, we there was something building there. And as you said, then along came Peterborough, who, by the way, I called up. I said, known Rangers will beat everyone in the top three, and we always lose against Peterborough. It's just rubbish. But we did, and it, was, it wasn't it was a good performance. And yeah, it, it must have been hard to sort of, to, to go out the side and then see the side then pick up again and then it all to fall apart again. And by the way, end of the season, you're coming back in for one game and then you're leaving. That's yeah. that was strange. I personally, I think you could have done another season at Rangers, but that's just a personal opinion. And, and you know, we're, we're now looking for a dumb ball to fill in the squad. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. Because you got like, and it's also it's like it's a shame because like you got like you've worked with Elias, you've worked with Chris. Was it? This season they've just been unreal, and you have not. I know you haven't been playing with them, but could you see that happening with them too? Is there something special about them? They're very talented. They are very talented, and uh, I think what's good for them is that they've had, you know, they've had coaching from John Eustace, Mark Warburton, uh, Neil Bamford, and now they've got coaching from uh, Michael Bill. As a young player, getting bits of of advice and getting lessons from all these coaches can only make you a better player. Yeah, uh, totally. And I think, you know, you're, you're seeing you're seeing them two come into the really come into their own uh, um, this season. You know, I'm, I'm watching it now and seeing you know QPR scored three. I know who scored. It's it's Chrissy and, and Ilias, and it's brilliant. It, it, it is brilliant. I, I you know I got on with all the lads at QPR. I still speak to to loads of them now, and I couldn't, I really want them to do well this season. I would love you know I, I really want them to be up there, um, and. As a club, even you know, as a club, I, w- I just want, just want them to do really well. Yeah, you'd be both, and I think, to be honest with you, it's it's listen, ev- everyone in this division, and it's the championship. I was I looked at before we spoke. I looked at the um, your league, League One, and I looked at our league. There's no easy games, is there? I know you won six 0 the other day, but you look at you know, everyone's got a wee bit of money about them. Everyone's got this. Everyone's got new owners that have come in and said like we're going to. I mean, Ipswich in League One is insane. You know, Sunderland, it took them years to get out. Yeah. And 40,000 fans, and you've got like Portsmouth down there, Sheffield flipping Wednesday. I mean, it's not an easy league, is it? It's not a guarantee that you're going to get out of there. And it, every game must, especially with likes of Ipswich on Wednesday, every away game when you go, it must be like a cup final to the teams you're playing. Yeah, that's that, and that's what makes it difficult, you know. We've, uh, we've started re- really well this season, but the games that we've won, you know, even watch them, they're, they're tough in their own little ways. You know, they're tough. Mm-hmm. You know, we really want to play good football. We really want to play attacking, you know, penetrative uh, football. And yet some teams don't allow you to do that. They either sit really far deep or they go really aggressive. So <laughs> to be fair, the manager here is brilliant. You know, a lot of the um, the, the training, the intensity and the, the quality of the actual coaching is 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 brilliant. So it's a good place for me to be. Um He's ex-Man United, isn't he? I think I think yeah. he might be from the same country as me. Yes, he's uh wherever so you're from Belfast. My mum's from Belfast. Yeah, I know. We're gonna come on to that in a minute because I'm very disappointed you didn't get more caps. I mean we could have done with you actually. I tried to be fair, I actually tried um I, I did try moving back. I did try moving back because obviously I made the change to England um as a youngster, which at the time I don't regret it was the it was 
the right decision to make at that time for my for my career. Um, but I would have loved to. I really enjoyed my time at Northern Ireland, and I, I would love to have you know played some some first team first team games for them. I didn't realize it was your mum. Where's your mum from, by the way? Is she Belfast or? Yeah, she's Belfast. She was a. Uh, I think she was Hannestown. Hannestown. No, Hannestown. It's like West Belfast, um, somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that was more east near the shipyard. Big yellow things. The Koreans. Uh, it's not. No, no, not there. The opposite side. Um, no, yeah, I know where West Belfast is. I used to run through it regularly. <laughs> Well, we don't need to go into that. No, it's a shame. I mean, you can still declare for Northern Ireland. I mean, you know, there might be a change of management soon. I've got a feeling with, with um, Michael O'Neill getting the um, sack at Stoke, he might end up back at Northern Ireland. So would you, is it something you consider going back and playing for the best team in the world? Yeah, definitely. I uh, I think it's just a bit difficult with, um, because when I moved to England, the UEFA rules at the moment have made it very difficult for people to do double check, double moves. Yeah. So... I've looked into it and uh, yeah, it's it, it's quite it, it, it is very difficult actually. Hey, you be grand. Just give yourself a couple of Ulster fries and you'd be absolutely fine. You'd be fighting fit in no time. I tell you, ask. Have you ever had an Ulster fry? I've had my granny's fry. I've had my granny's yeah. fry from uh, soda bread, wheat bread, potato, potato bread. Yeah, potato bread. Yeah, sausage egg with the grease left on the pan from the day before. It's it's actually called a heart attack on the plate, but we don't talk about. It. Yes, it's it's a, it's a wonderful dad, and if it did well for George Best, it could do any for anyone. Now the other thing is done. It's it's kind of like I know we just touched on mental health and everything else, and your book and how you cope with it. But how does it affect you coming to the end of your contract like it did last season at Rangers when you're not really? Did you know in January? Did you know in February? Or do you just get told basically the week that's it? You're not here anymore. No, when I when I actually went in, obviously because when we got told after we found out the manager wasn't going to be staying, and the, the manager obviously I was out of favour with the manager. I wasn't playing under him. I thought that the club might have just you know they might have wanted to keep me like you said for another year. Hmm. Uh, in a way, sort of like a trial year. Like let's let's look at you under new management, see what you can do. Um, I had that you know that was a bit that the optimistic uh, side of me. I, but then I, I was being more real, uh, realistic when I, and I thought, I haven't played for, for five months. Um, it's very unlikely that I'm going to stay. And initially, it, it was tough to take because I loved playing at QPR. It was, I was living at home, um, you know, with, with all my friends there. And I, I did, you know, I really did enjoy it. Um, so around January time, you know, I, did, I was seeing if I could go out on loan, um, but they didn't want me to. Um, which made me think, you know, I'm going to be a part of, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get back playing. You know, as each month went on, it was tough to take. And it was what I realised in that period, which I would take forward and, and advise anyone, when you are out of favour and there's nothing you can do, there's no purpose. It's always a struggle to, you know, you're getting up, going into training, knowing you're not going to play. It can be tough. And for that, I realised, you know what, let's start preparing for next season. Let's start, you know, motivating myself. And I was going in at like, half seven every morning doing you know doing boxing doing my power stuff um and that gave me a purpose and mm -hmm. that, that made going into the training ground more enjoyable for me um so it, yeah of course it was tough uh you have those times in football but it's how you it is actually how you deal with it and my mindset changed to a more positive one i was enjoying it i wanted to enjoy my last 
uh, three, four months at, for Q, at QPR. And, and I did, I did without, without playing. Um, I was getting ready for, for obviously th this new challenge. Well, I mean, did it affect your relationship with Mark? Because you've known Mark a long time, haven't you? I mean, did it affect you um, on a personal level or was it just purely professional all the way through it? I think our relationship was always, um, it, it was just a good professional relationship. You know, he trusted me, he played me. I, in return, you know, performed well and, and, and helped the team get wins. Um, and that, and you have that in football. And I'm grateful that he gave me the opportunity at Rangers and, uh, well, both Rangers. Um, but it's also good, you know, it's also good to play under new managers, new challenges, new ideas. And he, even when I was, even when I, you know, sort of when I first came out of the team, I did in my head, I was, I was thinking, do I need a new challenge? Um, it's good because mm. I, I like the idea of changing things up. I, I really do. And learning, I didn't, I moved to Ipswich. Um, and, and, you know, for me, it's like, I'm still learning. I, yeah. I, Kieran McKenna was my, uh, was my manager at uh, a youth team level and was brilliant. And obviously he's gone on and even evolved himself and become an even better coach. And, you know, when he did come to Ipswich, in the back of my head, I was sort of thinking that could work for me. Um, and eventually, you know, when he did ring, it was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is a project that I want to be a part of. I mean, that's, that's interesting. Is there something that you find different now about managers coming into the game from like, not necessarily Mark or anyone like that, from the older school of managers? Is it, is it, is it, is it involving all the time? Because it seems to be the way they do things and the pitch is different, the way they do tactics is different. Is it good sometimes to have that? Or is it sometimes nice to have the old-fashioned style of manager? I don't think a lot of people can can deal with the old-fashioned managers. You know, I think oh. can, uh, a lot of people can, can struggle with that criticism or that, you know, that ruthlessness. Uh, I'm, I think the fact that I'm quite tough-skinned, I've, I've experienced both. Um, that I don't mind either. I think, you know, when, when someone comes in and says to me, oh, don't be a shit, you know, you need to do this better, that actually gives me like, oh, then I'll, show, I'll show you. I'll show yeah. you. Uh, whereas a lot of people nowadays, you know, they need a little cuddle. Oh, you're really good, you know, and... And I, I, I don't, I don't think that's that's just the way it's evolving. And I think a, a lot of coaches now they're a lot less, from my experience, a lot less emotional. It's a more, um, you know, don't say too much after a game. It's like, okay, let's actually watch this back here and take the emotion out of it. Um, I, I think Kieran McKenna here at Ipswich, he's he's very neutral. You know, we we beat MK Dons three 0 It was the best performance I'd seen us have. Yeah, he was no different to when the team had lost to Colchester uh, in in the in the League Cup, and it's oh. just, oh, that, for me that was the first experience. I thought, you know, coming in like bigging up the lads, but that's that's his that's his his managing style. And, I, and to be honest, I think that's what we need this year. We don't need to get too high. We don't need to get too low. It's 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 the process over over the whole season. And before I let you go, and. Get, get back to your family on, a, on this when it's a Thursday no it's Thursday do you know I've lost days all week it's, it's terrible long COVID <laughs> anyway um, what, what's your standout game for Rangers that you had that you sort of thought do you know what I'll, I'll take that all day long with me I think my standout moment was obviously the Cardiff goal um, ah, you're trying to cross it 
uh, what the left foot volley, the left foot half volley. Just now, to be to be to be fair, I was right behind that, and I could not believe how well you hit that. If you'd have been like playing for a Premiership team, that would have been on TV all freaking week. Do you know what I mean? That was, yeah. but you know, but yeah, is that you must have thought to yourself, shit, I should go up front more often. I know, I should. Well, to be honest, my position, I didn't get forward enough. Um, I had a game against Derby when Wayne Rooney was playing. And, uh, you know, sometimes what, what people see, you know, it might be it might be different games. But for me, it was like that was a game where a lot came together. Um, you know, my defensive duties, you know, on the ball and just just the way we won the game. That was, um, yeah, there was, there, there, was, there was a few, actually. Watford away. Watford away, we won 2-1. Obviously, we've done that. I've seen QPR done that again. We did. It was very nice. Yeah, I'd seen it the other day. So yeah, that was a good one as well. Um, I had loads. Of, there were loads of good games. There were loads. But going back to that volley, it's interesting you say that about going forward. I always felt that when you played, you kind of you're always itching to have one of them. You're always you weren't scared of having to go away, yeah, shooting wise. No, I wanted. Uh, I think just tactically the way I was played on obviously Mark Warburton and. And even in myself as well, my role was, my thought process was always more defensive mm-hmm. as, a, as a midfielder. You know, some people, depending on your position, but in my mind, I was always more worried about us conceding than us scoring. Uh, it's sort of like an extended defender in a way. Um, and sometimes, you know, that does limit you. That does limit you when it, 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 it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to, you know, played the other night, I was in the box and, got an assist I should have I should have scored actually um you can still get into those positions so it's sort of just about being a bit freer really but also it's it's like listen the good thing is if you don't try you don't know do you I mean it's it's one of them ones that you kind of like that not the Cardiff one but other ones but it's the last minute you think if I goes in I'm going to be a hero and then it hits the scoreboard you're like yeah I probably should have passed the chair and then let him get the blame do you know what I mean but then you've, you've never shocked anything and one thing you did do as well you looked like you always enjoyed playing. Oh, I mean, I, I don't remember looking at you and then thinking, oh, he's not enjoying it. Sometimes you look at players and football's not their life. It's not what they, as you've written in the book and stuff like that. And I understand that. But you've always looked like you really enjoy playing. You really relished the, the, the physical side, the mental side. Everything was, you were there. You gave everything. You walked off. And, and, and I think, to be fair, that's the way a footballer should be. Yeah. Do you know what, actually... There was a period at QPR when I I did find it tough was when there was no fans. I re- I didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy having no That's fans. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I found that um, I struggled to motivate myself, which I know, you know, people maybe say, you know, you're playing football. How can you not motivate yourself? I was still motivated, but not nowhere near as enough, uh, nowhere near, yeah, nowhere near enough as I would be with fans in there. I, I don't know. Some people... Some people maybe feel less pressure when there's no fans, but for me, I sort of needed that to get the adrenaline going and to really get into the game. And yeah, I sort of had to adapt in that period because I needed, I really needed to get myself pumped. So that's interesting because a lot of people said because our results were quite good then, yeah. that it was without the people on the players' backs, not sending people like that all the time. And it kind of helped, especially Linden and stuff like that, that actually just get on with things and, and do things. And that's why I prefer. So it's interesting you say that because a lot, I, 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 I took it Sorry, mate. It's different. I think it would definitely be different for every player, but I, I just love, I just like, I, I really enjoy the event of match day. Um, well, I, th- I think you also enjoyed, 
them little yellow things referees brought out. I mean, they... I need a few of them. I do like a few of them. <laughs> I got one the other night as well. Did you? You're the Kimosa sub? Um, no, I got one. It was my first game Tuesday night. Um, I played I, I played full 90, but I got, I got a yellow card. Oh, did you play for that? Sorry, I thought you came out as a sub. Because I watched that video montage they put up on the thing and I thought, oh. That's yeah, that was sub. Yeah, yeah. So you know who we had? Ref- we had um, Keith Stroud on Saturday. I always found him a very interesting referee. Keith Stroud, I'm trying to, I can't remember his face. <laughs> He's, um, the game against Sunderland last year when, you know, when we, we got knocked out by Sunderland, he, um, and he oh, just learned. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is it is it difficult? Because I don't expect you to come because you're still playing. But it must be difficult as a player when you see mistakes like that from a liner or a ref just to sort of say, like, what the hell are you doing? Because your career depends on it in some respects. You know what I mean? Like, as you said, like, if, if, if Rangers lose at Peterborough, you're out for six months. You win at Peterborough, you're, you're in next week. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It is tough. Um, I always feel like things that you can control things you can't control there's no there's no need to get too you know too involved with it and too worried about it because that that's what eats you you know that's what that, that will eat you um eats you up and if you can't control it then best to just let it go yeah uh, i always find the keith strode i i, I mean he, he was a listen to this this is true he's a luton fan refereeing a watford qpr game it's just, it was a mind blow. It was an absolute mind blow. And some of the decisions he made were just incredible. And I was just like, this, this, you'd never guess. And he even turned up in orange and black as well. I thought, you could, you make this more obvious. Why don't you just wear a flipping hat and go to the full hog and have Luton on it, for God's sake? Ridiculous. <laughs> but yes, it's, 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 I always feel sorry for you guys because sometimes, I, I mean, there's, listen, there's some challenges that are bad. There's, you need yellow cards for everything else. But some of the, and I don't think the refs, and what I remember when we were in the old League One Division Two, they're shocking. I mean, the linesmen can't even keep up with play half the time. It's, it's a hard league, Don. Yeah, no, I know. But hopefully, well, hopefully we do well this season. We'll be uh, back in with you guys next year. Well, well, we might be, you know, going different ways. We might be mixing it a little. Well, you never know. I mean, the, the thing is with the championship, and this must be even more frustrating as a player, you can beat anyone, you can lose to anyone. It's the most bizarre league in Europe for that. It's yeah, like, yeah. I know at last season, Bournemouth went up, Fulham went up, the big spenders went up. We know all that. But on the whole, you never know, do you? Someone can just get crashed that, like Huddersfield and Luton did last season a little bit. And you can just... Just need that wee extra bit of luck to go through. You never know. No, but no. hopefully, Don, one day we'll see you back at QPR because I think you'll probably go into coaching. Yep, there's definitely, but there's definitely, I've, I have thought of it. I have thought about it. and it's like You're a talker, aren't you, Don? You're a talker. You, you never shut up. It's yeah. like, you know, you, you're watching, but you're like, yeah, and I think that's brilliant. And that that's the way it should be. You see too many quiet players and you were just always... But you were encouraging a bollocking players. It doesn't matter. You're talking away to him. So I think you'd be a natural coach. Well, I appreciate that. We'll see. And if you ever get the Northern Ireland job, um, I'll be looking for tickets. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. When you come back to keep up, but listen, Don, listen, that book's an amazing um, achievement. And you should be, I am, you don't need me to patronise and say you should be proud of yourself. But it's so nice to see a different type of book about football that hopefully people will read. And get rid of this stupid myth that all footballers are thick, all footballers are this, all footballers are that. 
people like you help change that. So well done and doing that and, and, and thinking outside the box and letting people inside what must have been a tragic time, but also a brilliant story to tell, fella. And I hope people appreciate the book. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking your time and thank you. And yeah, to anyone obviously reading it, um, you know, we're still, we're trying to get to, I've nearly sold 2000 now. So trying to raise as much money as I possibly can for, for Sarcoma UK. So continue, uh, continue to buy and that helps. And tell them the name again, Don, and where they can buy it. Yeah. What's the name of the book again? And where can we get it? From Winning Teams to Broken Dreams um, on Amazon. I'm considering at the moment going on to getting it on Kindle because that's actually, that's actually all I read. I read on Kindle. So, um, yeah, you can find it on there. It's on my bio on Instagram and Twitter as well. Good man. Maybe even get in the QPR club shop. I'd love that. I would love yeah, that. Never know. Yeah, you know. I've been moving. I was moving up here and everything. So there's been a lot going on, but I do need to, I'll be pushing, I'll be pushing the book out uh, a lot more at the moment. You'd be surprised who listens to these podcasts. You'd be surprised. Don, thank you so much and good luck for the season. Obviously, unless you play keep you on the cup, in which case I hope that you have a terrible day. But no offence. And we win. But as it's a cup match, I'm not expecting much. Thank you, Don. All and right. take care of yourself. Cheers. Thank you. Lovely to speak to you. I'll catch you later. QPR. 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 QPR.